0: Washington football team Declassified is presented by Grafted App, a soon-to-launch app connecting consumers to Christian-owned businesses. You can visit them at graftedapp.com for more information or to apply for your listing. Shout out to Tato Ski for the intro. That is Tato Ski with three eyes on the end. Check him out if you like that music. You know who likes Tato Ski's music? Diami Brown, our third round pick, number 82 overall out of North Carolina, the wide receiver, He's got a lot of fans excited about him. Eric, you want to tell us a little bit about Diami?
1: I'm going to tell you what I know about Diami Brown is I want to see him catch a lot of touchdown passes this year. How about that? He's a fantastic prospect out of the University of North Carolina. 6'1", 189, Um, 2 I believe, in the 40-yard dash. And uh, he seems to be the most popular of the draft picks uh, I think he may have even eclipsed Jamin Davis, uh, honestly, for the one people are most excited about. So, should be interesting. Uh, can't wait to dive in here and get into what we got, uh, what we think of. What, I, I can't talk. Uh, I'm trying to say my words, but yeah, it's not like I
0: talk for a living or anything, right? It's it's because Diami's got you so tongue tied. Tongue tied from so the Diami, yeah. impressed with his measurables. And um, I'll tell you, when I watch him, and I see the measurables. The first thing that jumps off my uh, off the page to me is T. Higgins. Now T. Higgins is bigger. Make no mistake. But man, their scouting reports coming out of college are so identical. They they don't run the full route tree, and they are explosive downfield, and they are playmakers. I like that. I'm not really concerned about the lack of the full route tree most college receivers today don't run that full route tree maybe some of the guys coming out of Alabama or Clemson or something like that you'll get that but a lot of these guys in these sub you know a level programs aren't going to do that because they're specialists Diami Brown is a deep ball specialist he has great tracking ability not quite on the level of a Deshaun Jackson but still very very good Um, and I think based on our needs last year He fits better than anybody I could have possibly imagined that we would have taken in the second round or later. I like the T Higgins
1: comparison. I actually, the one I really, the one I really hate, first of all, is Paul Richardson. Those people can just be launched into the sun that are saying that because he's nothing like Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson is like 140 pounds, first first of all. But, and all he does is go deep. Um, Enough about Paul Richardson. I hate him and and we're going to move on. No, I don't hate you, Paul. If you're listening. I, I love you. Just don't come back to D.C. to play receiver. Um, no, actually, I really like the Terry, the Terry comparison coming out of college. Um, I don't think he's – he's, he's in like a carbon copy of McLaurin. I think McLaurin is, is um, a little more – well, McLaurin's better with his hands off the line of scrimmage, and I can probably get into that a little bit later. But um, I like the comparison as far as, like, the, the measurables are close. McLaurin's probably a little faster. I like the fact that um, that, uh, that Brown – is not necessarily and i hate saying this about guys who run a 442 but not necessarily the fastest guy Um, but he's still a great deep ball receiver and it's because of his route running and his ability to track the ball when it's in the air and those are great assets to have um and 442 is blazing fast so don't let anybody ever tell you that it's not because anybody listening to this probably can't run a 542 um (laughs) i mean people don't understand how fast these guys really are so there's like oh he ran a 4-6 he's slow it's like yeah he 4-6 was the fastest guy in your high school let's put it that way um (laughs) I digress. I apologize. Um, but no Brown, the, the thing I like the most about Diami Brown um, isn't anything to do with his uh, skill set. is in the receiving game. He is a really, really, really aggressive blocker in the run game. It is so cool to see a guy who like, isn't trying to, isn't trying to just like get his guy out of the way. He isn't trying to shield. He isn't trying to screen. He isn't trying to just like, you know, keep the guy off his guy he's trying to actively drive defensive backs down the field to get extra yardage for his running backs or whoever has the ball and I think that is so awesome for a wide receiver and that's another thing Terry likes to do um it's none of the another Deshaun Jackson it's 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 not a I'm just gonna you know let this guy whiff because I don't want to I don't like contact Brown really likes contact and he looks like he he seems to really take pride in his blocking and I love that in a wide receiver because you just don't see it every day and it's super important
0: I hate the Terry McLaurin comparison, and I'll tell you why. Because you said no. (laughs) I don't like it because I think Terry was what he was going to be coming out of college, and I think Diami is really more on the beginning spectrum of what he's going to be as compared to Terry. Does that make sense? Like, Terry McLaurin is really, really good, but is he any different, or is he much better than he was as a rookie? I, I think that he's kind of the same guy. And that, that's, a, that's a positive for him because he was good coming in. He was just very slept on. I think Diami, in, in, in the other senses, is a guy that's going to progressively get better with his routes. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that struggles to get off the line of scrimmage against press coverage. We talked about St. Juice last week about how that's something that he's going to really excel at. I want to see that battle in practice to see how right. Diami bounces back from going up against a, an aggressive press coverage guy. Um, It's going to help him. It really, really is. Um, I I think what I am most excited about uh, with Dayami is just somebody who changes the dynamic of the offense down the field. How maddening was it last year watching our lateral offense, series after series after series, go sideways, and then occasionally Terry would break a tackle and then make a play. Again, getting back to the fundamental differences, I think Terry's a throw the ball to me within eight yards, and I'll take it to the house for you, where I think Diami has throw me the ball 20, 25 yards down the field, and I'm going to get as much as I can. He does get tracked down on those deep routes, right? As you talk about his speed, he is incredibly fast, but has a tendency to get caught when he's running those deep routes. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. It, it's I think it's something where he's so focused on the catch that, you know, those afterburners or maybe he's just one of those guys that just is at top speed off the go. And he really doesn't have another gear to get to. Um, but it's something I, I, I'm watching the, the film that's out there. I'm like, man, that's a great route. He did a good job breaking tackles early and then he gets caught at the end. No, that's the difference between a four, three, five guy and a four, four,
1: two guy, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's where you see it. You don't see it, you know, the, the because his ability to run routes is he's a very, for his age, a very polished route runner. Now he can improve because he doesn't run all the routes, obviously, as you mentioned before, but he's really good with his footwork. He's really good with his leverage. He's really good at spinning corners around he's he's figured out very early on how to make a corner turn his hips and then break the other way and he he has been able to do that he's shown that in almost all the clips i watched even when he doesn't catch the ball he's able to get into the cornerbacks uh defensive backs like their blind spot make them do that speed turn where they have to lose him for a second and i think that's super cool um but yeah as far as the yeah the the deep ball you know he's going to he's going to get open on the deep ball but he the afterburners may not be there and I think his splits in the forty, like his ten and twenty were really good. So that kind of is an indicator of what you were you were saying before where he was uh, he may be at top speed very early on and not have the 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 afterburners to 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 break it all the way.
0: Yeah, you're a track guy. I was a track guy, and we know there are guys that are fast starters out the blocks, and then there are guys that catch that that burn after the first you know 40 yards and then they're gone like that's why some guys just aren't good 40 guys in the nfl that are incredibly fast right so a lot of times i think what you see in the nfl are the safeties right those safeties that run four five four six they're guys that aren't going to be as incredibly fast you know incredibly fast out of the gate in that first 20 but once they get up to speed they can keep up with just about anybody in the league and so Diami is going to get flagged down you know or, or tracked down occasionally um We got in the offseason, we got Curtis Samuel, right? And then we've already had Terry McLaurin. Uh, Adam Humphreys came over. Where do you see Diami fitting into the picture of the wide receiver room this year? I actually see him um, likely
1: to maybe. Yeah, I'll just say right off the bat. I think he's your starting uh, Z receiver uh, week one. I think he's going to be because what you said about press coverage was, was correct. He tends to struggle. And that's where I was, I kind of mentioned his hands earlier. He's not great with his hands at getting, getting separation. His footwork is great, but he doesn't always, he doesn't always use his hands well enough to break that five yard Chuck. And that's where he struggles. So I think the Z spot where he's not on the line and he's moving around a little bit, that's going to help him out as he acclimates to the NFL. I think he's already better than Cam Sims uh, in that role. I think, um, I think that, uh, Curtis Samuel is your he's your slot guy. I think that's where he's going to make his living. And obviously, you know, they're going to move around all over the place. But I think he's he's probably your slot guy with Humphreys backing him up. I don't I don't really see Humphreys as a starter. He's like a fourth receiver type guy um, at this point. And he you know, he can he can start in a pinch. But I think that uh, Brown is your starting outside Z receiver week one.
0: So in when they have the personnel with the slot receiver off the field and they got, you know, just two wide receivers, you think he's going to be on the field and Samuel will be out of the game? It's uh, It'll be situational.
1: I don't really see a good spot to take um, Curtis Samuel out of the game, but you can do a lot with him. Um, You know, you can obviously move him out to the Z. You can move Brown into the slot probably um, just for a look. Uh, But if you're putting your best guys on the field, I'm going to put Samuel over Brown until Brown proves that he's better. But yeah, I think that you know your three receiver set, which is what they're going to be in quite a bit of the time, is you're going to
0: see uh, you're going to see Samuel in the slot, Brown in the outside. Yeah, and I think he's going to complement this receiver core um, perfectly because I don't think we have anybody else on the roster that that has the skill set and the gift that he does. I mean, we could talk about Danny Golden be a deep threat guy. Where's it at? We haven't seen it, right? Like yep. it's it it could be there. I'm not saying it isn't. We just haven't seen it yet. And he doesn't possess the top-end speed that Diami Brown does. There's a whole different role for uh, Gandy Gold in this offense, right? Like, he, he's going to go up and get it, red zone, things like that. But he's not going to beat anybody with his quicks. Um, you know, Kevin Harmon is a, is a completely different skill set as well. He's a big body receiver. There's some talk about him playing H-back, yada, yada, yada. Um, no. Now uh, well, and with the signing of Ricky Seals Jones, and we'll get into that stuff later in another yeah. episode, but that probably rules out Harmon playing H back, I would think. Yeah. I mean, just that's anybody
1: people just seem to think that anybody can play tight end. It's kind of annoying. I know that you know that's where guys end up, but it's not something that's it, There's a lot that goes into switching positions no matter where you are in the NFL. And tight end isn't any different. I think Harman, especially he's a wide receiver. Um I don't know that there's a spot for Harmon on the team this year, honestly. I'd like to see him because I like him a lot, and I would love to see him there. I just think that uh, if it comes down to, um, if it comes down to like who's it going to be, you know, between Gandy Golden and Harmon, who neither one of them really plays special teams, it's probably going to be the guy that Rivera drafted, um, which kind of is going to leave him out. And I don't even know that there's a spot for Gandy Golden, honestly, because there's it's pretty full room, and they seem to really like Cam Sims. Uh, who does play special teams. So yeah, it'll be interesting wide receiver room this year, but that is not something Diami Brown needs to worry about.
0: No, not at all. And Diami Brown is going to be an impact player day one. I agree with you there. Um, As long as he has a good camp and he learns every single day. The initial report to the OTAs was he struggled a little bit, um, didn't really make a flash, but I don't mind that. I want our rookies learning lessons early and often and getting progressively better every single day. Um, In terms of like statistical projections for him in this offense with the quarterbacks that we are going to have in Fitzpatrick, in Heineke and in Allen, who are all aggressive guys down the field with the ball, more so Heineke and Fitzpatrick than Allen, but Allen does take his shots down the field um, when they're there. I I think he's going to put up pretty decent numbers. I think all of our wide receivers will. I don't think he'll be uh an eight or 900 yard guy but I think I'd feel comfortable saying you know 650 700 yards um and I'll give him three touchdowns is that fair yeah that's where
1: I'm at I'm I'm in this you know 650 to 750 range for him probably it's so hard to project I mean we're just kind of pulling this out of the air um but yeah I, I think that's a that's a fair rookie year assumption I'd say you know somewhere around 45 to 50 catches maybe 60 catches. And then that'll, you know, that'll determine whether he gets, you know, 600 or 700 yards. Um, Yeah. And three or four touchdowns. That's not out of the question.
0: Do you think he has the potential to evolve into a number one receiver? Hard to say. Um,
1: Number one receivers don't usually struggle with concentration drops. So he has to get that worked out. Um, That's a coaching issue. And that's something you can fix, but it's not something that gets a, gets fixed quickly. Um so we'll see I don't know i'm I'm not really worried about projecting him as a number one. I think he's kind of a i mean if I, well, you know what yes because I, I i went with the Terry comparison, so yes, I think he can evolve <laughs> into a number one uh, it's just a question of you know whether he can he can learn how to deal with press coverage and he can kind of clean up the the lack of concentration that he seems to have at, at times.
0: I'm gonna dive in deep into the the deep end here and because I think it's relative to the context of the conversation. Terry McLaurin's going to need a new deal after this year because he'll be playing on the final year of his deal. Uh, we got Curtis Samuel in the building. Do you, Eric, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, do you view Terry as a true number one, and are you going to pay Terry $25 million a year? Did we go over this already? We did, and my answer, I believe, was it's not my money, so sure. <laughs>
1: uh I don't have a problem with that. I like Terry McLaurin a lot I've been in the camp you can actually I can't I don't know I I used to write for the hogs dive back in the day and we did our mock draft and I actually mocked the Terry pick and said exactly why I mocked it and I loved him um so I'm gonna roll with him because he's been my guy since before he even came here uh and I see no reason not to keep him around and he's this year will be very telling because he's finally got help around him so you know he's not drawing double and triple coverage all the time yeah. he's got oh, he's got help and i think this could be a year where he goes for like 1200 1300 yards and really sets himself apart
0: yeah and that was really just me baiting you into do you think you know, there's any chance that Diami's here to replace terry but i don't think that's the
1: case Do you <laughs> no i don't think he is i think terry mclaurin is he's a really special player I, and You know, Diami has a lot of potential, and I and I do like the comparison. But I mean, McLaurin's just a very special player. From coming from where he went, from from not being super productive in college to just blowing people away at the I think it was the Senior Bowl or one of those bowl games um, where they had him, and everybody fell in love with him. But still being projected really as a special teamer early on in his career, and then just coming out and having the, the rookie season that he did, and then following it up last year. I think he's just a special. He's, he's cut from a different cloth. Um, and if Diami could duplicate that, fantastic. But you can't expect that because um, McLaurin is, I mean, he's he's my favorite player on the team. And uh, I will never say a bad word about him. So uh, I, I do not think Diami's here to replace him.
0: My favorite player on the team is Antonio Gibson. And uh, we're going to let it be that. All right. We are going to go into our two-minute drill for the rest of the draft picks that we had this year. I'm going to take the first one, John Bates. Uh, I think he's going to be a factor at tight end. I don't know if he's going to be tight end two or tight end three. He is certainly going to be a factor though. Uh, all reports out of OTAs and yes, I know it's very, very early have been positive. He's a big, strong player. Uh, he's aggressive with his blocks. I think there is a role for that at the number two tight end spot um, behind Logan Thomas. I asked our friend Mitch Titler if he thought that uh, Bates could project as a number one tight end. He said probably not they really like Logan Logan played well last year, but there's certainly opportunity at the number two tight end spot. I think he might be one of the stealers of the draft. Eric, you want to
1: add anything to that? No, I like Bates. Um, I don't see any reason why he can't develop into a decent receiver. Uh, I think he's a, I, the Jeremy Sprinkle comp, comp is not good. I think he's a, he can potentially be a better play, player than Sprinkle. And um, I think, yeah, he's a, he's a tight end two tight end three this year with the potential to move up. Um, I like him as a player. I think he can develop into a decent receiver.
0: I like it. All right, you are on the clock, Eric. Two minutes, Derek Forrest, and go.
1: Derek Forrest, free safety. I I like reading about him. I like everything I read about him. Um, I like watching his tape. I just don't know where he fits in this year uh, with the team, with everything, not that they have a standout. He's not – I don't see him as a free safety. Maybe they do. Um, he seems to be another uh, Cam Curl, uh, Landon Collins-type guy. Um, I, I just don't know where he fits in on the defense this year, barring some injuries, um, special teams. Certainly he could play that. Uh, so I think he's got a roster spot. I just don't know how much of an impact he has in
0: 2021. I like it. I'm going to give you the next one too, because I know how much you love Cameron Cheeseman out of Michigan. Hit it, Cheeseman.
1: That's my guy. I love me some Cameron Cheeseman. No, I, I think I said this earlier when we talked about the draft last time, I don't hate the pick of a long snapper. I know a lot of people, you know, gave him some, some crap about, you know, trading up and grabbing a long snapper, but if if he works out and he's your long snapper for the next 10 years, there's no reason nobody's going to care where he was drafted. So I have no problem with it. Uh, Nobody seems to think he's terrible at his job. He may have had some, you know, some accuracy struggles that pretty much any young long snapper is going to have. If, you know, if he turns out to be terrible, I hate the pick, it's awful, but um I don't have any problem with Cameron Giesemann being uh, selected where he was and the fact that they moved up to get him, they, they, you know, they identified a guy they wanted and they went up and got him. I got no problem with it as long as he works out. I remember a, uh, a young Eric saying to me, you don't know. You never met a young Eric, first of all. Yeah. Eric was 14 years old before you were born, I think.
0: You don't know you have a bad long. What was the quote you gave me? You know, you never know how important your long snapper is until you have a bad one or something. So you have like a bad that. one,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. If you have if you have Dan Turk in the uh, NFC divisional round and you you know lose a game because he can't snap to his own brother, um, then you know you have a bad long snapper. So if you if your guy doesn't do that, then you're fine at long
0: snapper. Dan Turk, the famous brother of Matt Turk, right? Uh, yes, Matt Turk, the last All-Pro before uh, whoever got All-Pro last year. All right. We In the seventh round, we took William Bradley King. My first thought was, isn't this guy already on the team? And then I thought, no, that's the other guy that Eric likes with the multiple names, it was the James Smith-Williams. James Smith-Williams. He is <laughs> not James Smith-Williams. It sounded similar. All right, so – I like this pick. I think he's he might have a real shot at the roster. Um, I think with the loss of Ryan Anderson and the loss of Ryan Kerrigan, there's certainly opportunity for pass rush. And I think he brings that. Um, all the reports I see on him are that he doesn't get cheap sacks. He actually earns the sacks that he gets. Um, and I, like I said, with the loss of talent that we had on the edge, I think we have a, a need. And I think he feels that. Is he going to be a major contributor? I can't say that. But is he going to fill the the shoes of what Ryan Anderson brought in terms of pass rush? Uh, yes. And I think, you know, he's not going to measure up to what Kerrigan is, not right away, but there's some future there. What I really see in him is a lot of is Nate Orchard. You remember Nate Orchard from a couple mm-hmm. seasons ago? Yep. Um, he played really well in spurts. And then I think you put him in for the whole game, and you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe he's not a starter. But I think William Bradley King will definitely add value to the roster this year. And you have... Shaka Tony from Penn State. What do you got? Two minutes.
1: First of all, on Bradley King, I wanted to point out that when you're watching the Sam cosme highlights, one of the ones where he gives up a sack, it's the William Bradley King. So that was a fun little fact. Um, and I actually get I get serious Ryan Anderson vibes off of Bradley King, honestly. So uh the average athleticism, but he worked truly really hard. So I, I think your Anderson is uh spot on there. As far as Mr. Shaka Tony goes, uh everything you just said about Bradley King. Um, I'm okay. I, I, Yeah, pretty much would apply to Shaka Tony. I think he's a little bit of a better athlete. I think he was kind of a steal at this position. Um, A little bit undersized as an edge rusher. So I'm curious how he fits and if a potential move to outside linebackers in the cards for him, depending on how things shake out there, because he does have that sort of change of direction and twitch that you might need to be able to develop into that. Um, I think he may end up as a practice squad, depending on how, uh, the linebacker competition shakes out and how Bradley King plays ahead of him and James Smith Williams and those guys play ahead of him. He could end up being on the practice squad, but there is a risk that he could be taken because some folks could realize the mistake they made. But I think there is a future for him on this team. I just don't know if this year he's ready to go, but we shall see. I did not realize he ran a four five one. Holy smokes. Yeah, he's a quick yeah he's like 235 though 240 so he's not a real big guy that's why I was I was curious as to whether maybe somebody might think about moving him if if he doesn't work out as a edge rusher which he could yeah
0: that, that'd be interesting
1: you know who I keep thinking when I watch it play and this isn't the best comparison I'm probably gonna get him murdered for it like I do with all my other ones Randy Gregory that's who he kind of reminds me of uh,
0: you know what you know, I see without it, all the without all the cocaine, but you know, <laughs> the other uh, hopefully, the, uh, hopefully. abuse. We'll call it that. Um, I yeah. see Josh Harvey Clements and potentially some. Oh, you like that? Come on, no, yo, yeah, oh, come on, Josh mate. Harvey
1: Clemens. Now, completely different. Completely different. All
0: right, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see.
1: I say Randy Gregory, <laughs> and I'm also way off. So yes. it's
0: okay. <laughs> it's all good. Our last drafted player, Dax Milne from BYU. He played, of course, with Zach Wilson. Um, I think the big question to be answered here was, or is, was he a product of Zach Wilson or was Zach Wilson a product of Dax Milne? I don't know the answer to that question. I see Trey Quinn I all do. day. And I, I don't know what we're going to get from this guy at this spot. I mean, he's probably going to be a consistent catcher. I've seen some people say Wes Welker. I've seen some people say uh, Julian Edelman. I don't see that. Why is that? Why do you think that is? <laughs> I no I, Yeah, right. No, no Hollywood Browns. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I don't laughs> is that strange. I don't know. I don't get it. But I, I, I think you know he's one of those guys. If if he wants to return punts, then maybe there's an opportunity here. I don't know if he's done that. I think I saw a couple pieces of him doing that, and it wasn't very good because he fumbled it. But yeah, um, special teams would be the, the key for him if he can make any impact there. And I don't, I, I just don't know if he can. Uh, he might be a practice squad guy maybe the Jets come and get him because they want to make their quarterback comfortable I just uh, looks good it could, it could be their Wayne Corbett it could be their Wayne Corbett yes he could uh, he could also be their not their key yeah. <laughs> definitely not the keys <laughs> I see what you did there um, I don't know man I'm not expecting much from this pick you got any other thoughts on that yeah yeah, Milne uh,
1: was definitely a product of Zach Wilson. Watch his lights. He is just catching dimes. I mean, Wilson is just dropping bucket throws. He's putting it right on him every single time. Now, he does make some nice little kind of twisty catches where he has to kind of move his body a little bit. But, I mean, Wilson really helped him out. I don't see a lot of future on the team for Milne other than uh, – you know who – I got, I got the guy. And you'll, and you'll, if you remember this guy from like four or five years ago, Kyle Shanahan loved him, Nick Williams. Do you remember Nick Williams? Yes. Yeah. That's who Milne <laughs> reminds me of. Who's just going to be, he'll be a f- fan favorite air quotes. Um, but I just don't see him making much of an impact. I don't even know special teams. Cause really, where do you put him on special teams? Cause he's not like, he doesn't seem athletic enough to be a gunner. Really. He's not super fast. Um, not the biggest, strongest guy. So I just, I don't know. You know he could be. You know he could end up being just a really good route runner who you know does those little stick routes and sits in the in the open area. I just I don't see it with him um, as much as uh, as much as I w- I would love to. I just I don't see anything there um, that he's going to be more than probably a practice squad player for this team. And watch him be a hall of famer, and I'll just eat crow.
0: You don't see Ricky Pearl in this guy. Ricky Pearl, Don-, Don-, Don
1: Beebe. No, all right. the OG. Yeah, Don <laughs> Beebe. Yeah, Don Beebe the OG. Is it Beebe or Pearl? I don't know
0: well Don Beebe was like the king of concussions man yeah that that guy holy smokes I hope he's doing all right um all right I'm gonna give you the last guy Jared Patterson undrafted uh you got some hype on this guy love the story um I really want to root for him
1: he looks like he looks the part um I just don't know athletically if he can play in this league um I heard Ron Rivera say some stuff about Darren Sproles. I definitely do not see Darren Sproles when I watch Jira Patterson, other than the size comparison. Um, Patterson is not like he does everything you want a running back to do. He's just not explosive. He doesn't have a great, he doesn't have a second gear. He basically runs really fast into the line, sometimes gets through and picks up extra yards. He doesn't get a lot of yards after contact. He, does his job he does his job very well and there probably is a role for him if not here somewhere else as like a third or fourth running back um because I think he has the potential to stick in the NFL just because he knows exactly how to play the position he does everything right he just athletically probably isn't the guy who's going to he's not going to be a superstar running back he's probably not starter material um and I just don't I don't know you know, I want him to succeed here because I really just watch him in the story and being friends with Chase Young and all the support he gets. I love it. And I hope he does really well here. Um, I hope he sticks around, but I just don't see, you know, he's going to maybe spell a guy. He, you know, if, you know, one of your, you know, top running backs gets injured, um, you know, he could be that guy. But just, I just, don't, I don't know that he's a, he's a, going to be an impact player, but I think he has a role. So I think he can make the team this year, maybe practice squad. He could, be, could crack the
0: active roster for a few games. Let's, let's rule out, What everybody's comping him to Maurice Jones Drew. He's not that no, (laughs) he is not Maurice Jones Drew. He's like
1: 195 pounds. Jones Drew, you know, the closer no, this is not even a good. I was gonna say Warwick Dunn based on size. No, I was gonna based on size. He's closer to Warwick Dunn than he is to MJD because MJD is like a bowling ball. Yeah. Um, he's you know, Patterson's kind of slight, honestly. He's um just not a real, not a real big guy all around. Um, doesn't have a real big, strong lower body. Like I said, I think he's got a role in the NFL. I just don't know that he's gonna be an impact player.
0: He is, you know what, you know what I you know what frustrates me about watching him? He's a running back that can only go straight ahead. Like yeah, there's, there's no elusiveness whatsoever to his game. And he and doesn't break a lot
1: of tackles. So when you go straight tackles. ahead and you don't break tackles, that's not a great combination. He's line
0: dependent. Like Mm -hmm. nobody's business. That line. Yeah, apparently Buffalo had a really good line. Yeah. I see Rock Cartwright mixed with Evan Royster mixed with Roy Hulu in this (laughs) dude, man. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad because I hated Roy Hulu. I liked Evan Royster. I hated Roy Hulu. I I actually liked Hulu and did not like Royster because I just.
1: I was misled on my Royster thing. I just, for whatever reason, seemed but I liked him and I latched on and I just, I was willing to die on that hill for him. He wasn't, not that he was great, but. It was a Penn State uniform. That's
0: what did it for you. Nah, I don't um, care about Penn State. I don't, I don't know. Does he have a role? He could. I mean, did Peyton Barber blow you away with what he did? did? Uh, not me. Yeah, I don't um, know if he could replace Barber as a short yardage back though. And pass pro too would be another issue for Patterson. I don't know. It's. Yeah, if he can do it, then sure. It's just, sure. you don't know. Yeah, he's he just, I, I don't see it. Who was the guy that we had in camp a couple years ago that we all kind of, maybe it was just me, uh, Reynolds or, or Drone? Sean, I don't know. But it was one of those guys. like Ruben Drones? No, Sean okay. Drones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Lake I think Yeah, <laughs> That's another guy I
1: hated from the get-go. Absolutely hated him. That guy got tackled by a stiff breeze and everybody just loved him. It's like, all he does is bounce it outside against third stringers. And you think he's the
0: next Adrian Peterson. He was the the worst. I hated him. (laughs) Lake trunk. if you listen to this podcast, man, I was a big fan of yours. Send Eric your autograph. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Uh, 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 Nothing but love. I could never do what Lake Seastrunk did, but still. I just didn't see what everybody else saw, and I was right in that respect. You don't think I he was wrong on Royster. <laughs> I was right on Seastrong.
0: <laughs> and Hulu. I didn't like Hulu either. He had twelve catches in, or 14 catches in one game that I was at against the 49ers with John Beckett, quarterback man. Yeah, so good for him. Put some still respect wasn't. on his name. His bird man was, put some yeah, respect he on his name. I'll admit he was better than Royster, but I still
1: didn't like him. He was much better than Royster. He ran that straight one up game. and did not break tackles. So
0: <laughs> I, go back and watch his film. Do, it was – it was next very time you see him break
1: a tackle will be the first time you see <laughs> I, remember,
0: I I was always waiting for that like next gear with that guy, but he ran with so much forward lean it was it was insane. Yeah. It what was are like you Michael doing, Jackson? Yeah, the smooth <laughs> criminal shoes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. And he just fell right over as soon as he got touched. Just drop,
0: like third period French. Pop! All right, so cut it out. All right, let's wrap it up, Patterson. Um, I don't know what he does on special teams either. He's probably a practice guard guy. I don't expect much. I don't but that but to me, I don't know if they have that second running back position filled out.
1: Right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, the yeah, like the if like some if Gibson weren't ready to go, you've got McKissick as your you know third down pass pro catch on the backfield guy. Peyton Barber's still here, he's gonna get two yards to carry, give it to him on third and one. He might get you a first down. But, yeah, who else do they even have at running? I don't even know. Did they sign any running backs? Did they, did they bring anybody in other than Patterson? Because I haven't even paid attention. Did we get – Oh, uh, what's his name? Lamar Miller's here. Yeah. I don't know but, if he's got anything left in the tank. He's been injured. But I used to love him when he was in Miami. I was like, ah, we should really sign him. And then he went to Houston and blew his knee out, and he's never been the same. So he might – yeah, if he's got anything left,
0: but I don't know. Let me give you a stats from last year. Zero attempts for zero yards and two receptions. So he was the
1: bomb last year. So you're I, saying he's fresh.
0: <laughs> you Got that. low
1: mileage. Yeah.
0: I don't see much. Maybe we address that later in the offseason, season too. Um, I don't know. I, I We need another running back though, for sure. Who's going to play? Absolutely. So. Um, that concludes the 2021 draft class. Eric, overall, I know it's early. I know you don't like grades. After looking at it a little deeper, are you happy with it?
1: Yeah. I'm fine with the draft. I, it's too, I don't like, again, I don't like draft grades and I don't like saying they did a bad job in the draft. Cause we just don't, nobody knows anything. So I'm going to go with, I am going to trust the guys that they picked. Uh, I might not have picked the same guys, but they know a lot more than I do. So good on them. I'm
0: cool with the draft class. And I think there's a possibility that 95% of these draft picks make the roster, which I think is really good. Um, I I'm happy with what we have so far. Let's see how they turn out and they actually play. There's a lot that could be learned. OTAs are happening. And you know what? If you're not already subscribed and you've made it this far into the podcast, <laughs> we'll apologize to Lake Seastrunk. If, <laughs> <laughs> if you subscribe right now, we'll tweet at Lake Seastrunk.
1: No, we will not. And I, I was harsh on Lake Seastrunk, and I apologize. I get carried away. Late, Lake, I love you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a terrible role model for the children. Don't badmouth players. If you're listening kids stay in school don't bad mouth nfl players they're better athletes than you'll ever dream of being
0: in your life in Uh, your life (laughs) subscribe make sure you tell a friend and tell that friend to tell a friend leave us a review and a comment and we got some more exciting stuff coming up for you in the next couple weeks eric you're gonna be back next week i will be here if you will have me we'll be back Holla.